Hello, everyone, and welcome to 217faith.church. This is our service every week. It is my privilege today to share with you from God's Word. And we like to talk about the God of second chances, or I like to say the God of one more chance. Not just one more and you're done, but one more and one more and one more. Truly infinite opportunities. Well, that is until the day he returns for his people. Since we do not know when that day will be, it could truly be one more chance or a million more. But let's not risk it, okay? Choose to love and to live in the grace of God today. Our teaching for today comes from the book of Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. And I'd like to share that with you now so we can get a basis of God from God's word. The word of God reads, And the Son is the image of the invisible God, the one who is first over all creation. Because all things were created by him, both in the heavens and on the earth, the things that are visible and the things that aren't invisible. Whether they are thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He existed before all things and all things are held together in him. He is the head of the body, the church, who is, of course, from the beginning, the one who is first born from among the dead, so that he might occupy the first place in everything. Because of all fullness of God was pleased to live in him, he reconciled all things to himself through him. Whether things on the earth or in the heavens, he bought peace through the blood of the cross. Once you were alienated from God, you see, and you were enemies with him in your minds which was shown by your evil actions. But now he has reconciled you by his physical body through death to present you before God as a people who are holy, faultless, and without blame. But you need to remain well-established and rooted in faith and not shift away from the hope given in the good news that you have heard. This message has been preached throughout all creation under heaven. And I, Paul, became a servant of the good news. This is indeed the word of God, and we believe in it. Amen. Now, for those of us who have plenty to be forgiven for, and perhaps that is everyone listening to this message, we should be familiar with the concept of second chances. There was a wicked servant in the Bible who owed the king a very large sum of money. Some have even estimated it to be as much as 20 years worth of wages. That's a lot of money. When the king called him to collect, the man begged him to give him more time so that he could come up with the money. Instead, the king chose to show him mercy and to forgive the large debt and simply sent the man away. Now, when this man got out into the streets, undoubtedly feeling like he had dodged a big bullet, he ran into a servant of his who owed him just a couple of bucks. Really, just a few dollars. And he then proceeded to demand payment from his servant. And when the men begged him for more time to pay him back, the wicked servant had him punished and thrown in jail until he could pay what he owed. When the other servants in the market saw what the wicked man had done, after the king himself had forgiven him of so much, they went and told the king. Now, as you can imagine... The king was furious, and he had this wicked servant brought before him, and he had him stripped of everything he owned, beaten, and thrown into jail until he could repay his original debt. The man was given a second chance, and he squandered it. 
Now, the point of this story is that if we do not forgive others, that is, we give others a second chance, as it has been done with us, we will face the full judgment of the King of Kings. Now, there's only one reason and one reason alone why a person would accept such a fresh start from another, but would in turn not be willing to offer the same mercies to, to others. And that is selfishness. Good old egotistical, selfish, lacking moral fiber, arrogant behavior. You see, really at its core, the act of sin against God and each other is selfishness. And this description, of course, of me, me, and me. But Jesus is the one who is telling this story. And he was asked, but how many times should we be forgiving one another? And his response is 77 times. Or other transactions actually say 70 times 7, which is 490 times. In either case, the idea is not to focus on how many times you forgive, but to keep on doing it. You see, we have been forgiven so much. So why would we deny others the privilege of forgiveness? Think about how much better our world would be if we sought to forgive rather than get even with one another. What a concept. Jesus forgave so much, even while hanging on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. In other parts of the Bible, he teaches us to pray, and he includes the line that says, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, meaning we must forgive. It's not a maybe, or I'll get around to it. If we want to be forgiven for our wrongdoings, we must forgive those who wrong us. Now, we must understand that forgiveness does not mean the removal of consequences, either upon ourselves or the lives of others. No, God may be calling us to forgive, but ultimately, God is a God of justice, and His justice will be served in His creation. Well, why even forgive others then, if, if I'm still going to have to live out my consequences? Friends, because God is more concerned with our eternal well-being. If we forgive, then we can be forgiven, meaning we can spend eternity with God, secure by His side. Even if we have to go to prison or suffer some other way while here because of our previous actions. On earth, we may still suffer for a little bit, but then we'll be with God. If we do not forgive them, our suffering then will simply carry on from this earth into eternity. So we will find ourselves separated from God in a place of turmoil. Yes, I'm talking about hell. And yes, we believe that it is a factual place. God wants us to stop worrying about that and simply trust in Him that He will take care of all things. And such is the case for our Bible lesson for today. Who here has ever heard of the story of Jonah and the great fish? It's a safe bet that we all had. And by the way, nowhere in the Bible does it mention the word whale. It is just a big fish. The word here simply describes a sea creature, just for your information. But what's the big deal with Jonah? He was a prophet of God, right? And God spoke to him, and it was his duty to go and share the message of God with others, as we are doing through this ministry. Yet this time, God sent him to the people of Nineveh. And the message was, as it always is, repent from your sins and I will forgive you, says the Lord. But Jonah wants nothing to do with this and literally heads as far as he can in the opposite direction of what God has sent them to do. Does this sound familiar in your own life? 
Do you find yourself today so far away from where you thought you would be all because of the choices you have made in life? In the case of Jonah, he did not want the Ninevites to repent and be forgiven because these were not nice people, not towards the Israelites anyways. Now, the idea of conquest, of which Israel is well practiced in as they took over the promised land, is a reality of human nature. One kingdom will always try to take over another kingdom. One king will always want to expand their territories over that of another. This is no different than how humans act today, right? From others we take because I don't have and they do, or I want what they have, so I want that. And so we war with each other. What do we know about the city of the country of Nineveh? Nineveh was the capital, if you will, of the Assyrian Empire, a powerful empire that had conquered the Babylonians, the Phoenicians, Israel in the north, and even part of the Egyptian Empire. Later on in history, Alexander the Great will conquer Assyria. Just a little bit of history there for you to keep everything in content. Believe it or not, God had used or had permitted these bad guys to teach the northern kingdom of Israel a lesson or two because of their disobedience. By this time in the history of God's people, things are going, you know, not so bad. Things are getting a little better. The people are and, and, and still experiencing disobedience towards God, but, you know, life is not as bad. And so God had allowed this, the, the, all the countries to partially conquer them. And in a few years, they will be overtaken. And of course, when the kingdom of, Israel, of Judah is now conquered, the temple will be destroyed. The 12 tribes who have been split into two kingdoms and well known, of course, from the north and the south is very far away from where Moses and Joshua had left them when they led them out of Egypt into the promised land of Canaan. By comparison, though, even to the sins of Israel. The Ninevites were ruthless and relentless. They captured people and took them captive back to their country, nearly 600 miles north of the Canaan Valley. They bullied the Israelites and their neighbors, and they took over much of their land. And by this time in history, Assyria, well, they're not as strong as they once were. And as far as Israel is concerned, they find themselves in a bit of a time of prosperity. Things are beginning to look up. They have regained some of their lost territories. And so they're feeling pretty good about themselves. So enters God with a request with, from the prophet Jonah that he should go and preach repentance to the Assyrians in Nineveh. It's almost like Jonah said, I'm sorry, Lord. Could you repeat that? It sounded like you want me to have compassion on the wicked nation of Nineveh. And God simply says, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Jonah's response is to attempt to get away from God and to hide from him so he won't have to carry this message. Why is it that we're always trying to hide away from God? He knows where we're at. The God, the creator of the universe, the protector of Noah on the boat with the animals and his family, the provider of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who guided Moses to free his people from Egypt, the one who provides for his people a promised land and gives them wise kings such as David and Solomon. He who has given his people countless chances is not waiting to be merciful on the terrible nation of Nineveh. What else can you say but simply trust that God knows what he's doing, right? What made the Ninevites so terrible that Jonah felt that they did not deserve God's mercy? 
Well, we mentioned some of the things, but they also hurt people. They took advantage of others. They followed their own sinful desires and refused to acknowledge the one true God in their lives. They lived happily in their sin. Wait, so we're still talking about the Ninevites? Because that description can easily fit me. I can be selfish. I can be careless towards others. I can disobey God and walk away from him. I suppose I should be thankful that God gave Nineveh a second chance. Friends, you and I are now living in a second chance from God. Do you believe it or do you merely think you are lucky and that you've survived whatever it is that has landed you right where you are in your life today? Recognizing that there is a greater power, greater than ourselves, which can save us and restore us, is the right step in the right direction. A step that will allow us to recognize the goodness and faithfulness of God. And in return, we can say, thank you, Lord. You see, proper gratitude is the key when we recognize the hand of God moving in our lives every day. How you may say, does God move? Well, does he work in your life? Here's just a few simple examples that we learn from our friend Jonah. God works through our weaknesses. Absolutely. Jonah refused to preach this message of hope and he needed to be humble and God humbled him. And it doesn't get any humbler than getting swallowed by a large fish. For you and for me, when we hit bottom, it doesn't get any humbler than that. Yet it is at this lowest of places where we are emptied of ourselves and everything else that we can finally be open to something new, a better way. And here's where God comes into our lives. The Bible says that in our weakness, his love is made strong. When we have nothing left, God comes in and he can change our bad habits and transform us into faithful children. Number two, God's love will never let you go and you cannot run away from it. The Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Sure, you can refuse it, but he loves you anyway. Jonah headed to Tarsus, which was literally on the edge of the known world. He was trying to go as far as humanly possible. But even on the way there, God finds him. God finds us on our way running from him. Make no mistakes, our disobedience can affect more than ourselves. It can affect other people. You see, God's plan for the Ninevites, for example, his desire to forgive them would now be put on hold. Because Jonah refused to go and preach. Jonah refused to go and share God's forgiveness with them. If only for a time for their intended recipients. How is God seeking to use you? What is he preparing you to do? Are you practicing? Are you willingly practicing what he calls you to do? Or you just can't wait to get out and run away? He's going to find us anyways. Number three, how is it that God finds us? Simply through his love, friends. He reaches us when it's never too late. The Bible tells us that God does not want anyone to be lost, but that all may come to salvation. Do you feel lost today? Without purpose, seeking to find your way. Well, then start by accepting God's love for you, his forgiveness, and seek his will for your life. He will show you the way. And in the case of the Ninevites, when Jonah finally gets his fanny up there, they repent and they worship God. They show God gratitude for his mercy towards them. You see, the choice is always ours. Do your part. Do not refuse God's grace. Accept his gift of love and you will find mercy. Fourthly, 
this love of God does not mean that we get a second chance even when we try to run away from his will. Well, yes. Eventually, Jonah gets it and obeys what God had commanded him to do. And not only does he go to the city of Nineveh and they repent, but there is a revival in their culture. They turn to God and away from their selfish ways. Amazing. Imagine if Jonah had still resisted the will of God for this in his life and continued to be selfish. How many of the Ninevites would have eventually died without having received God's forgiveness? How many people are missing out on God's message because you and I are too nervous, you and I are too scared, you and I don't want to go and share with somebody and being turned down whom God is leading us to. We must depend on God's love. Friends, God's love extends to all creation. God doesn't only love Christians. He loves the whole world. For God so loved the world. Christians, of course, are merely those who are recognizing him and who choose to follow him. But God's plan of salvation is for the entire world. Jonah, of course, eventually becomes obedient. But he still felt in his heart that Nineveh should be punished. In fact, he believed that they would refuse God's second chance. And as a result, God would destroy them. There's an image in scripture where he actually goes up on a hill where he can watch the city because he's waiting for God to destroy them. Is God leading you to share a message of hope with someone? But yet in the back of your mind, you're thinking, they're not going to accept it. You ever wish God would take care of those who hurt you? And when he doesn't, maybe you get mad at him? I confess that I get tired of feeling that way. And so I pray, Lord, forgive me. Jonah suffered a great depression as a result of Nineveh's repentance. He did not want those who had been cruel to Israel to repent. Thank God that we don't get to choose who God has compassion on, right? After all, God is kind even to those we think do not deserve it. We leave Jonah at the end of his story in the book, in the chapters of the four chapters of the book of Jonah. We leave them sitting there on top of a hill waiting for God to destroy them. We really don't know what happened to him after that. I hope that at some point the Holy Spirit of God really got a hold of him and showed him that God's mercy is for all people. Where do you find yourself today? Are you praying and hoping for a second chance in your life? Are you perhaps refusing to pray for someone else and ask God to bless them because of what they may have done to you in the past? How large is your debt? That you owe to God. Have you asked him to forgive you of it? Because he will. When we come to him with repentant and contrite hearts. If God can forgive you. How much more should we be willing to forgive others? Family. Friends. Maybe even strangers. That we may have mistreated in our past. Take a moment now. And think about those people. In fact I know God is bringing them to your mind. Because he's bringing them to mind. Then please, together with me, while holding that image in our mind, let us say, Lord, help me to forgive them. You know, Jesus mentions Jonah as the only sign that will be given about his plan for humanity, his resurrection. That is, three days Jonah was in the belly of the fish, and for three days Jesus was dead in the belly of death. And after this time, Jonah is vomited, he's brought back to life. And after three days, Jesus was raised from the dead. The lesson from Jonah points to the goodness and faithfulness of God towards his creation and in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 
at the end of it all, it is up to us to share the good news of the gospel of the mercy of God with others, but only if we have experienced it ourselves. Why is that? Because the news has been shared with us, hopefully, not so that we keep it to ourselves, but so that we go out and spread it. Begin by sharing how much you have been forgiven. This is your testimony, especially towards a perceived enemy or, or, or someone else whom we do not particularly care for. So that God will have mercy on them as he has had mercy on us. And so that they may turn to him and repent much like the Ninevites said. Repeat this prayer with me in your heart. Father, forgive me of my sins. Wipe me clean of my debts. I humble myself before you with a truly repentant heart and seek your mercy and grace. As I accept your gift of salvation today, your second chance of love towards me, help me to extend such grace, such love, such mercy to those who have hurt me in the past. Thank you. Then when I am weak, your love is strong. Thank you for seeking me out because you care for me. Thank you that you go before me because you have a plan for my life. Thank you that you are, as the song says, a chain breaker, a pain taker, a way making savior. Help me to discover the plan you have for me as I draw near to you, as I spend time in your word, as I pray and attempt to grow closer to you each day. Father, you are holy. You are awesome and kind and compassionate. Thank you that you freely show me with your compassion. That you shower me and you show me how great you are. Help me in turn to be compassionate towards others. To give second and third and fourth chances as you daily do with me. Help me to process these lessons today with the help of your Holy Spirit. So that it may become a practical lesson. That can be written in my heart so that I may never forget your goodness, and your faithfulness towards all of creation. May it be so, Father, for we pray these things in Jesus Christ, the one who knows us and who shows us who you are, the God of one more chance, in his precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the reminder to always trust in the Lord, but to make our choice to faithfully follow him today and every day. Please join us weekly on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and our ministry website, 217faith.church, that together we may grow on our walk with God and truly put our faith into action, living a practical Christianity for the honor and glory of God. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his face to you and give you peace. God bless you.